Welcome to Passage to Wonderland, literary passages to complete your day. I wonder, said Hermes, what it would be like if animals had human intelligence. And so it begins, a wager between two gods, Hermes and Apollo who grant human intelligence and language to a group of dogs. Would the animals end up more or less happy than humans, given this so-called gift? One of the dogs, a black poodle named Majnoun, develops a close relationship with a human named Nira. In this passage from Fifteen Dogs by Andre Alexis, Majnoun waits for Nira and contemplates the meaning of his existence. Over the years that followed, Majnoun had much time to wonder if he'd been hasty, running out when he had. Perhaps if he'd stayed, he might have overheard something about Nera, about her whereabouts. Not that hearsay would have changed the course of his life. Whatever Miguel's family might have said, Majnoun would likely have done what he did in any case, that is, wait for Nera. The beginning of waiting was, in its way, complicated. Not the decision to wait. No real decision was necessary. He knew he would wait for Nera because Nera would return. It would have been unthinkably cruel to force Nera to search for him. But waiting itself required that he make a number of choices. He had to eat, for instance. Belonging to Nera in the way he did, he could not allow himself to die though he resented the time needed to keep himself fed, because it was time spent away from the place Nera would expect him to be. Most mornings, he scrounged in High Park, eating whatever he happened upon. If he was still hungry, he waited, until the place that sold squeeze toys and dog food opened, the Kennel Cafe. There, they inevitably put out biscuits and a bowl of water more than enough to keep him going for a day. Then there was the strategy of waiting. In the beginning, the place was overrun by Miguel's family. Whenever one of them saw Majnoun, they'd run after him. Why they wanted him at all was unclear. They seemed to think he was theirs. But he'd be off before they finished plotting their course. He'd run half a block, wait to see if they'd followed, run off half a block more, and so on, until they gave up. It hurt his old bones to run, but he would not be caught. Also in the beginning, he could not find a place that hid him while allowing him to look out for Nera. Whenever he stayed in any one place for too long, there was inevitably a human there to disturb him. The closest he came to capture was when someone called the Toronto Animal Services to come and get him. Animal services, he knew, were serious business. Nera had warned him about them. They killed inconvenient dogs. So, no sooner did he see the animal services van than he was off, darting behind houses, hiding, slinking, hiding, until he made High Park, where he hid in the coppice for two whole days, two whole days away from home, worried that Nera would come, or that she had already come, and was upset that he was not there.
His life changed. The waiting changed. Interest in Majnown died down with the for-sale sign that appeared on the lawn of he, Miguel, and Nira's home. Evidently, Miguel's family were selling what did not belong to them. In a matter of weeks, the sign came down and strangers began to enter and leave his home. A woman, a man, two small children with blonde hair. Rather than staying on any one lawn or waiting in any one place, Majnown varied his vantage points. Across the street, two houses down, one house down, and even, once he was certain the woman and her children were not violent, in the backyard that had been his. As the years passed and he grew older and thinner, Majnown learned to worry a little less that he might miss Nira's return. He grew more confident that Nira would look for him when she came home. And what's more, that he would know she was looking. When she came back, he would know it. As his life settled into a routine, the world slowly changed around him. Two years after Nira had gone, the people on Jeffrey began to leave food out for him. A piece of meat or chicken, bread, carrots, whatever was left over from their own meals. They kept their distance because Majnown was still a little intimidating, black with some gray, inscrutable, alert. But no one ever called the Toronto Animal Services again. The dogs in the area left him alone as well. Not out of fear, not because he was unnatural, but because the purity of his attention commanded respect. No dog could have doubted or misunderstood Majnown's resolve or the depths of his longing. They all knew what it was like to wait, and, every once in a while, one would join Majnown, silently sitting at a slight remove, sharing his task as a mark of respect. To keep himself alert as he waited, Majnown thought about things. Over the years, he thought about a thousand things, but two questions occupied most of his time. The first was about humanity. What, he wondered, did it mean to be human? The question was, ultimately, impossible for him to answer. He had been born outside of the human and so was ignorant of the implications of a world created by their limitations. What would it be like, for instance, to be unable to distinguish the smell of snow in winter from the smell of snow in early spring? What kind of world was it in which one could not, blindfolded, distinguish the great range in the taste of water or smell when a female was in heat? To be so limited, inconceivable. And, of course, it was impossible to know a state, to know the human, by subtracting things in oneself, as if human were what is left once the best of dog has been taken away. This question was a way to think about what made Nira, Nira, to try to imagine the world as she saw it, to feel it as she felt it, to think about it as she might. The second question was about himself and what it meant if it meant anything at all, to be a dog. What was he, really? Where did he fit in the world? Was he waiting for Nira 
because it was in his nature to wait? Or was his dedication unique and noble? Most days, he felt only that waiting was right. Every once in a while, however, he imagined waiting was only the expression of an instinct, something he had to do. This thought, whenever it occurred, saddened him, mere instinct being unworthy of Nera, who was not his master, but rather a being who completed him, made him more than he would otherwise have been. And so, speculating about the canine brought him closer to Nera as well. What is it about someone, whether dog or human, waiting for the one he loves? It is heartbreaking, unreasonable, and profoundly beautiful. There are many meditations in 15 Dogs about what it means to be human, about what divides us, and what keeps us together. It's a book that stayed with me since it first came out seven years ago. Today's passage was from 15 Dogs by Andre Alexis, published by Coach House Books. Thank you for listening to Passage to Wonderland. Until next time, rest easy. Rest easy.